Our topic of this course will be on the caption kingdom concept. If you are a king, a queen, a prince, princess, emperor, or empress, there is a high probability that you have access to a kingdom or you reside in a kingdom. But having access to the kingdom and not making use of the access that you have makes having the kingdom useless. Before we delve any further, let us focus our attention on Mark 1 verses 15. And it reads to us, Thus saith the Lord, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. The gospel mentioned here is that of the kingdom of God. Anything else is a curse. In maintaining its purity, the gospel was entrusted to men of God whose hearts were tried by God. Those who had the foundational principles of God's kingdom were not self-appointed but divinely appointed to declare this message under the authority of the king. The gospel should not be diluted to suit man's appetite. It must be maintained in its purest form in order to evoke the change and transformation necessary for the transcendence of man. We should not be deceived or become ignorant of the illusions, misconcepts, and anomalies that were created to steer us away from the image of God. In this world, today, Man's eyes have been blinded by the gods of the world, which hindered their illumination of the glory of God. The beginning of the kingdom was with the gospel of Jesus Christ, but many are far removed from this gospel, spreading their own ideology. The messenger is important, but care must be taken to ensure that the message from the messenger is received. Oftentimes, humanity becomes so focused on the messenger that they neglect to receive the message and is no closer to accomplishing the work set out to be completed in the fullness of time. When Jesus had called his disciples and gave them power and authority, he sent them to preach the kingdom of God. This message was evident in the ministry of Jesus Christ as it was the common theme in his parables and references. Those who came after were also expected to teach this kingdom message, hence the reason for the appointing of apostles. The gospel refers to the good news and the kingdom refers to the government of God. The kingdom message equates to the good news of God's government, which brings joy, abundance, Health, peace for humanity, and all that was lacking since the fall of man. The kingdom will only be achieved at the end of the ages. Understanding this, the disciples inquired. Jesus then answered and told them, Take heed to prevent the deceptions of men who will go in the name of Jesus with alien spirit. The disciples were informed that many would come in the name of Jesus, 
preaching of the good they have done, detracting from the message of the kingdom and turning their focus primarily on the messenger, allowing the message to be lost. Not everyone who cries, Lord, shall enter therein. In spite of the deceptive vice, the gospel of the kingdom must be preached as a witness before the kingdom comes. The kingdom of God is primarily about salvation and his government. Jesus came to this earth as a baby and grew into a man close to the end of his days on this planet. An account of the kingdom revelation was written. The identity of Jesus was verified when asked if he was a son of God. Everyone that is of the truth heareth the voice of God. Luke 22 and verse 70 indicates, And he said unto them, He say that I am. Pilate asked if Jesus was a king. And in John 8 and verse 37, Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. It is for this reason that he was born to bear witness to the truth. If Jesus is a king, it indicates that he has a kingdom. Is the kingdom on earth? The answer is no. Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. John 18 and verse 37. Prior to the arrival of Jesus, there was a prophecy indicating that a child would have come to save this world. The one who would be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. When Christ's government is established, it will bring peace and justice on earth. If in brief or momentarily, let us turn our attention to the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had during his reign in Babylon. Most kings on this earth during the time of old were oblivious to the existence of other kingdoms that were not of men. In reminding mankind that there is a supreme ruler, God allowed King Nebuchadnezzar the privilege to receive a dream that guided him to the realization of the coming of the new kingdom, which is supreme to all others that have been instituted by man. In this dream, he had a vision of an image separated in distinct segments with composition of different material. At that time, it represented their present state and future expectation. Now, this same image today, if you are listening to this, would represent the past, the present, and the future. Let us examine the image a little bit closer. In Daniel 2 verse 32 through 42, the image head was of fine gold, his breast and arms of silver, his belly and thighs of brass. Thou art the head of gold. This head of gold refers to Babylon being ruled from 605 to 539 BC. The breast and arms of silver represents Medan Persia, the divided kingdom. Daniel 5 and verse 28. The kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. This kingdom ruled from 539 to 331 BC. The belly and ties of brass represent Greece, 
which reigned from 331 to 168 BC. Daniel 8 and verses 20 and 21 gives us some clarity using a parallel. It says, The ram which thou sawest have two horns are two kings of Mede and Persia. Verse 21, And the rough goat is the king of Greece. And the great horn that is divided between his eyes is the first king. Verse 33, His legs of iron, his feet, part of clay and part of iron. So, in this parallel, we are seeing the correlation between one dream and another revelation. Let us move further to the image to see the transition of power and leadership. I pray that it was peaceful. His legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. This was Rome represented by the legs of iron during 168 BC to 476 AD. Verse 40 indicates, And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces, and sodded all things, and as iron that breaketh all these, shall it break into pieces and bruise. We are here seeing a culmination of the past. The final stage, if you are listening to this at this moment, we are in the final section of the image. The final segments, the feet and toes of iron and clay, represent a divided kingdom which ruled from 476 AD to the end of time. The only time that you will not be hearing this is if it is the end of time. The mere fact that you are listening to this at this moment in time means that you still have moments to spare because we are in the end period. Verse 41, And where has thou sawest the feet and toes, part of pottery clay, and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of strength of iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. 42. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. But in the end, what were we told? Thou sawest in this dream a stone that was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon its feet that were of iron and clay, and break them into pieces. When the end comes, all earthly kingdoms set up by man will be cast away, as the eternal king comes to reign presenting all that was promised to his faithful people. The message of the kingdom of God could have been preached to all nations, kindreds, and tongues. In the end, a great multitude will cry with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God while he is seated upon the throne. That moment in time, would indeed be a blessing for you to be a part of the number in anticipation of the return of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.
So you have a kingdom. You have access to a kingdom. You know of the kingdom. You have access to the kingdom. But are you willing to enter in the kingdom? Assimilation of the information and the exercising of wisdom would allow for entrance into the kingdom of God. But are you prepared to enter? In order to embrace the kingdom of God, one must be prepared to enter it. Let's turn our attention to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50 and 51. Verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither do it corruption inherit in corruption. Verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. And this change is translated to be transformed. Not the change as in taking off one's clothes and putting on another clothes on the dirty body. It is the change of transformation. These passages basically goes to conclude that if you are currently in a state of flesh and blood, you cannot enter the kingdom in such a state. It is only at the resurrection that humanity become qualified to enter into the kingdom. Not because you are not allowed immediate entrance into the kingdom does not mean that you don't have access to the blessings associated with the kingdom. Because in the kingdom, the king is represented by the people abiding by his will. And it is the king's responsibility to supply all the needs of those in his kingdom. For that reason, it says that all thy needs I will supply. No church, country, continent, or empire is the kingdom of God. In our corrupted state, we cannot enter. In speaking to Nicodemus about entering the kingdom, Jesus revealed that a new birth was necessary. Mm -hmm. This information indicates a qualifier to enter. There needs not be a physical birth because that has passed already. The mere fact that you are here means that you came through physical means. But what we are talking about is a spiritual birth. And this spiritual birth can be consecrated with the submersion in water. Flesh is flesh and spirit is spirit. Hence, a spiritual birth needs to take place before embracing the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God has a king who operates in the spiritual realm, which is manifested in the physical realm. So to be directly connected, it is imperative that you are aligned spiritually. There are many misconceptions about this kingdom. And the question that I am often presented is, is the kingdom within us? Let's turn our attention to Luke 17, verse 20 and 21. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, 
neither shall they say low here or low there for behold the kingdom of god is within you this statement has been misrepresented to the point that people believe that the kingdom of god is within them that they are pure enough to maintain the kingdom of god inside of them contrary to the misconception that was entertained to justify the pharisees holiness the kingdom of god is not within any of us there is no evidence to state that it will be set up within any man's heart the heart of men are deceitful you dare not trust your own it cannot be as it has no dealings with the flesh or the corrupted it could be similar to saying that the church is within you but is this statement correct is it accurate is it a true representation but we're going to get some clarity let us position ourselves to get some clarity on the matter in speaking to the pharisees jesus was referring to them saying that the kingdom of god is understanding that the kingdom has not yet come in speaking of it in the present would not indicate that the kingdom of god that is not yet come could not have been the one he had mentioned in the actual greek translation the passage within refers to among you or in the midst of so jesus is a representative from the kingdom who is in their presence humanity can be contented knowing that the kingdom of god is not within us it is impossible to be within us a day will come when death is swallowed up in victory at that time the corruptible mortal form will be transformed to incorruptible immortality in a form where death has no sting so what we're understanding is that the kingdom of god being within us was not speaking about being inside of us mortal human beings it was speaking primarily to the fact that jesus christ being a representative from the kingdom of god the son of god he was among them which means that the kingdom is being represented within their circle not within us as human beings oftentimes i get the question is the kingdom of god coming let us try to examine and dissect this aspect momentarily first thessalonians 5 and verse 2 says for yourself know perfectly that the day of the lord so cometh as a thief in the night it indicates to us that though men believe that they have the authority to bring peace they cannot our feet should be directed to spread the gospel in preparation for the kingdom coming the kingdom of god is coming back to receive those who are faithful to the work of it before we get into the keys to accessing the riches of this kingdom let us examine some kingdom basics matthew 6 and verse 33 indicates but seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you 
The kingdom of God exists on earth at the time of creation. The government that was established on earth was the kingdom of heaven. The man was created in order to expand the kingdom of heaven here on earth. In essence, the man served as heaven's representative in the colonization process of earth. In order to fulfill the role, heavenly principles needed to be executed on earth. In the creation of man, he was created in the likeness of God to initiate the creation. The word us was used denoting a plurality of the union. After the man was created, dominion was given over all that was created. The thought process in the creation of man indicates that man had been finished before he had been created. What was needed for man to accomplish, contribute, and exercise was tabled prior to their existence. The mandate was established for man to have dominion over the earth. This is a reflection of the heavenly dominion over the universe. Earth was man's kingdom to be ruled and governed according to the heavenly kingdom. Its statutes models the one of heaven. A brief breakdown of the governmental structure in the book of Genesis for our understanding of the concepts of the kingdom. The first government that existed is the kingdom of heaven. The first government of earth was that of the kingdom of God. The original mandate of God was to establish the kingdom of heaven on earth. The first command of God to man was to govern earth for the purpose of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, this gives us a clear idea as to what is taking place. Everything created has its place, purpose, and mission in the perfectness of its creation. The power and authority given to man was soon lost due to the deviation from the statutes of heaven. It all went through the window when the woman was deceived by the serpent to eat the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. This failure was due to disobedience, causing man to exit from the kingdom. In protecting man from himself and consumption of the tree of life, God ushered man out of the garden and placed cherubims with flaming fiery swords as a safeguard against their re-entry. But when this cataclysmic separation occurred, man lost his dominion. For this reason, the world has spiraled in the way we now experience it, as the man was disconnected from the kingdom of God and God's governance. Many ritualistic practices of sacrifices were used in seeking restoration. However, the governance that came after was unacceptable. Control turned into slavery, democracy turned into tyranny, order turned into chaos, management turned into failed stewardship, and leadership became repulsive 
as humanity was led to their destruction. The purpose of our creation was the administration of earth for the glorification of God. This was God's purpose, not just for a few elites, but for all mankind. We were sent to earth to bring the kingdom, government, authority of God on earth. The first assignment was to have dominion. The act of disobedience, eating of the fruit, was treason against the kingdom of God. Humanity lost so much. To this day, many have no idea of what they lost because of the fall. It is for this reason that Jesus was sent to remind us of the authority that we possess and can still access today. Many men behave in discordance with their commission, forgetting the bestowment of their father. Man is from a royal lineage and is expected to act in that accord. The information is lost in the archives of the mind. Hence, the reason for behaviors that do not reflect the Father's glory. The same Father who has given us sonship, daughtership, just because he calls man his child out of darkness. The man was given the kingdom of earth, which he gave up. Today, many seek to fill the void with religion, when in truth they seek after the kingdom which they lost. When they gave up divine power, diplomatic relationships with heaven were lost. No more did the voice of God walk as intimately as it did in the garden when the man had his king. Repeatedly, man have been consistently hiding from God after they have realized their folly. It would serve man more justice to himself or herself. To go directly to God upon realizing their errors. Jesus Christ came as a representative to show how a man should operate, reminding us that we should not just live for water, food, clothing, shelter, and self-preservation. After these reminders, Jesus left, allowing the generation to linger in thought while directing their focus towards the kingdom. The desire for the perfect governance is inherent in the human's heart. Because we lost the government, the desire for the perfect government is inherent in the human's heart. Because we lost the government, this loss has placed us on a quest of seeking. The vision and the mandate of God were to establish a heavenly colony of mankind on earth and to govern earth by his standards, conditions, parameters, principles, and values. There is an innate hunger and thirst that exists within us that can only be filled with righteousness, after which blessings will be realized that were hidden in plain sight because the keys were not activated. In living a meaningful and fulfilling life, there needs to be a discovery, understanding, and application of the kingdom on earth. It is the desire that growth in the kingdom is experienced and explored. 
If there is a yearning to be a peculiar treasure above all people, then there needs to be a relationship with the source of all that is upon the earth. The fall of man was never the loss of heaven, as heaven remains constant. It was actually the loss of the kingdom's government of heaven on earth. The spiritual, social, economic, and physical environment and cultural conditions required a more superior government than is available on this earth. The only one who can restore the broken world is the creator, but man will need to play an integral part in the process of restoration. As you ponder on the process and role of the kingdom of God and what was required of us as human beings to reflect the kingdom of heaven here on earth, in our next episode, we will examine how to get access to the kingdom of God.